Hey everybody. You ready to go? Yep. Okay, we're going. This is Burnout. I don't know what episode we're on. Three? Two, I think. No, maybe three. Yeah, because we had our intro episode, then your first racing episode, and then my first healthcare episode is this one. Yeah. So three. Sweet. We have not been as uh, as quick with the podcast releases as we intend to be. So we're going to work on that. Yeah. But we actually have free time, like right now. Yes. So, um, this episode is going to be about nursing. So, we, you know, discussed the meaning of the name of the podcast, Burnout, like why we decided that. It kind of um, represents racing and cars and also healthcare. Um, so, this episode, I'm going to talk about like nurse burnout. Uh, the shortage of nurses that we have right now, why we have a shortage, why nurses are burnt out, and yep. So uh, I listened to a podcast called the Nurse Blake Podcast, and he's very famous on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. He makes funny videos where he puts wigs on, and he's like, just does like different types of nursing students and stuff like that. And so his husband is not in healthcare at all. So it's interesting to hear a nurse talk to their spouse who's not in healthcare. And I'm like, Hey, I'm a nurse and you're my spouse and you're not in healthcare. I have no idea So what goes on behind the scenes. I wanted to ask you a question that he had asked his husband is like, what is it like to be in a relationship with someone who's works in healthcare back from when we dated and I was in nursing school? What was that like? And then now that we're married and I'm a nurse, what was that? What is that like? Oh, you're asking, like, right now? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, you're definitely, like, a different person in a good way. Like, your, your time management uh, and, like, when you're on call, like, you are one of the most responsible peoples Aww. I know of. Persons? Responsible person? Um... I don't know. Just for someone Why your age. Why would you say I'm more responsible when I'm on call? Like, how? It's like, you just, <laughs> you always make sure, like, you're within an hour away or you're like, no, I can't go to this yeah. super fun activity because I'm on call. True. Or I can't do, like, I can't drink or anything, but not that that's, like, a normal thing that you do, but, oh, dude, you got to turn your phone on silent. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, that is true. The struggle is real. But it is part of being on call, uh, is saying no to things. But I think nursing school kind of prepared me for that because, I mean, that was a long time ago, or really not a long time ago, but it feels long, Mm -hmm. that I was in nursing school and literally every weekend it seemed like I would get invited to these things and I'd be like, I can't, I have to study, or I can't, I have a project, or I can't, I have clinicals, you know. So that kind of got me used to it. So now that I'm on call and it's only, you know, 10 times a month, maybe less, I'm already just used to it. So I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm on call. Yeah. But then I think that my family feels like I'm always on call. <laughs> it feels like you are, though. Like, it feels like every single weekend you've been on call. Well, I have taken a lot of Fridays this month, but 
I'm only on call one weekend this whole, for six weeks, I only have one weekend out of that. Mm. But weekdays, you know, there's more of those, so we have to split them up. So for those of you who don't know, I work in a hospital, which I'm, for privacy reasons, I will not say which one um, and where, but it's obviously within an hour of where I live because I have to be able to get there in case I get called in. Um, It's a smaller hospital, and I work in the surgery department, which is so fun. I actually just celebrated my year of working there, which is mind-blowing. Like, I don't feel like I've been here a year. doesn't seem like I just started. I guess it was June, right, of last year? It was July last year. Oh, totally? Wow. Yeah, I literally just hit a year. And it was so weird because they told me when I started, it's, it's a lot of training. It seems overwhelming. And they told me that after about a year, you'll start to kind of get it. And you'll feel that click. And it's true. I'm feeling the click. I feel confident. Do you feel it? I feel it. <laughs> um, I'm feeling a lot more confident and I'm able to do be a lot more independent. And um, It's really showing because we have a new nurse that I'm like training sometimes. And the fact that I'm able to like train someone else yeah. makes me feel really great because I'm like, I do know things. <laughs> I might not know everything, but I know stuff. <laughs> I know things. So what is it like just in general being married to a nurse? How would you describe it to people that can't relate? Um, I don't know. It's like, it's not like a normal job because I'll have people ask me like, what does Haley do? Or, you know, what do you do? I'm like, well, she's a nurse. And most people's reaction, like, oh, that's cool. And, uh, Sometimes I'll have people ask me, like, what time she got off work? I'm like, I don't know. It's different every <laughs> Literally day. Literally <laughs> whenever she gets off work. I just don't. And I don't know. People that kind of have, like, consistent schedules, which neither of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they don't understand how we do it. Yeah. It's like, how do you, like, hang out with each other? It's like, we just. We make the time. Yeah. I don't know. But it's nice knowing that you're a nurse because if I get hurt at the house, like, I'll be taken care of. The funny thing to me is that really, I think a lot of men especially think that, oh, you're married to a nurse, so you must get, like, babied a lot. It's like, no, you actually have to be, like, dying for me to be like, oh, no. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm like, take some Advil, you'll be fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you feel like I'm a little bit harsh on you sometimes? No. You're like a school nurse. Like, here's a mint. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Have you had some water? That'll make you feel better. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I have been a nurse for a little over two years now. I have a year in surgery and then a year in pediatric home health. And then before I became a nurse, I worked in a doctor's office for six years as a receptionist. So I, you know, I've been a nurse for two years, but I've been... see all sides of it. I've been in the healthcare field for, you know, a longer time, almost 10 years um, and a few years. So really, like, I don't know, math. Um, But it's... The last year especially has been hard. Obviously, we all know why. The COVID. Um, And still being kind of a new nurse, there's so many nursing opportunities and there's so much need. But at the same time, a lot of places still want you to have X amount of experience or they want you to have a bachelor's degree minimum and have an associate's. And it's a little bit frustrating because you feel very needed. But at the same time, 
it's very hard to find a job that pays you what you feel like you should be paid with the kind of stress you take on with that job. So a little bit of transparency. So I want to talk about like nurse pay. So as someone who's not in healthcare without knowing me and what I make, like when you think of a nurse, especially one who's working in the ICU or something, taking Mm -hmm. care of people, literally like life and death, how much would you think they should make an hour? Compared to minimum wage being like eight bucks an hour. Um, well, I was thinking most of them would just be on salary. What salary would you think? Like at least fifty a year. Mm. Well, there. That's usually at least you know we make more than that usually, but yeah. Um, so, I have an article from Nurse.org about the highest paying state for nurses to work in. Did you already take a look at it? No. What's what do you think out of all the states in tech in the US, what state do you think pays the highest? Um, maybe California. California. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh. But when you think about it, that really doesn't mean much because the cost of living is the highest in California. Yeah. So it kind of evens out. And um the last episode of the Nurse Blake podcast, they had an article and basically, it discussed the hourly pay versus the cost of living based on hour. And most of the time, the cost of living for hourly pay with one person and one child, nurses made like maybe a dollar more than that. Mm. So if I was a single mom and I had a kid, I would like barely be making the livable wage. For someone who went to school, got a degree, works my ass off, takes call literally has to catch life and death judgment calls sometimes like barely making the livable wage which is gonna make enough kind of crazy and obviously disclaimer nurses don't become nurses for money and they tell you that multiple times in nursing school if you're here for money you might as well just quit because you're not going to make enough to make it worth what you do unless you love it so for people that really come for nurses when we, you know, raise concerns about our staffing or whatever, and people come at us like, oh, well, you signed up for this, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yes, I know what I signed up for, but we still deserve to be taken care of because we're taking care of others. It's like we got bills just like you do. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like this thing that people view nurses almost as, like, martyrs. Like, oh, well, you're doing this to, like, take care of people and stuff. Yes, but also this is my job. You show up to your job and you expect to get paid and compensated for what you do. How is that? But for some reason, people think healthcare is like, is like corrupt because it is a business. It's like, well, it is a business. I go to work and I still need to get paid just like you do. Mm -hmm. And as messed up as it is, and I know there's a lot of corruption and messed upness because hospitals are corporations, some of them. Um, But at the same time, it's like. Don't take that out on nurses and doctors who are the ones actually showing up and, like, pouring into you Mm -hmm. and treating you. And, you know what I mean? It it sounds weird, but I think it's easy for people to think, oh, I work at blah, blah, blah corporation, so that's, like, a business. But then, like, well, healthcare is a business, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so California is the highest. And then second is Hawaii, which also is a lot to live there. And then D.C., Massachusetts, and then Oregon. So I thought that was interesting. 
So the average yeah. hourly pay in California is 54 an hour. So that's wow. the average. And there's over 300,000 nurses in California, just RNs, not including um, nurses with advanced degrees, nurse practitioners. That's for a registered nurse, hmm. $54 an hour, which is more than double what I make an hour, if that shows you anything. And typically, if you notice the trends when you're looking at these states, a lot of southern states, a lot of Republican states, the lowest hourly pays. Oh. And you think about states that are kind of more on the um, coasts and more blue states Mm -hmm. tend to be higher paying. Hmm. But then when you're thinking about California, Hawaii, uh, New York is one. Those are also places that's very expensive to live there. So it kind of evens itself out because yes, you're going to get paid $55 an hour, but your rent for a crappy studio apartment is going to probably be like $1,500 or more. So hmm. versus here, you can live in a one bedroom, you know, for like a grand a month or something might not be the fanciest, but you know, you have to like calculate cost of living with it. Um, also, Something that is interesting is a lot of hospitals do what is like a, they have a specific formula for how much they're going to pay you when you get hired. So it's pretty much always based on years of experience as a nurse. They don't care if you've won the Daisy Award. They don't care if you blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's not merit-based. It's basically just strict numbers. How long have you been a nurse? Which... I understand because, yes, you have more experience, but at the same time, it kind of sucks because you work your booty off to become a nurse, and then you're basically going to get really crappy pay until you've served your time, Mm. even though you're still there doing the same thing as, like, other... I don't know. I get it because, you know, if I was a nurse for 20 years, I would obviously want to make a lot of money because I have a lot of experience, but it sucks for new nurses because you're still working really hard, and... They know because you're new, they can pay you the bare minimum. Yeah. Which is annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see what the lowest is. I don't know if it shows all 50 states. It looks like it does. Let's see. What do you think the lowest is going to be? I don't know. Or something in like the lowest 10. It's not Texas, right? Texas, I believe we're kind of in the middle. Maybe Florida. I would guess Florida because Florida is a fun state to make fun of. Let me find where Texas is. Sorry if you're from Florida. So Texas is number 17. So we're pretty much in the upper half. Average hourly $35 an hour. Number of RNs in Texas over 200,000. Interesting. Let's see what the lowest one is. South Dakota. South Dakota. (laughs) Hourly average rate $28 an hour. But there's only... 13,000 in South Dakota. Uh, Is it a small state? I don't know much about geometry. Geography. Geometry. (laughs) Geography. Um, And then second to last is Mississippi. And then third to last, Alabama. So, like, you notice a a trend there? Hmm. Arkansas, Kansas, Tennessee. Those are, like, all towards the bottom. And they're all south. Hmm. They're all southern states. Interesting, huh? 
Have you heard about Anchor.fm? I have not. Let me tell you about it. How do you do it? There are plenty of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. But how do I distribute them? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. Well, that sounds pretty nifty. Is there a way I can make money? You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. Well, that sounds too good to be true. How much is it? It's free. Didn't cost you a dime. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. Anything else I need to know? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm going to go make a podcast now. Okay, so I kind of wanted to play a game to see. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Okay, so I'm going to show you a medication name, and I want to see if you can pronounce it. Oh, no. (laughs) Let me get a straw off my drink. Okay, so the idea that I got to play this game is because I, I have to talk to patients often and get their medical history and get a copy of their medication list. And hearing people say these names is like, oh, that's not how you say it. And sometimes I feel bad because obviously if you don't work in healthcare, you don't know any different, but it's kind of funny. It, it kind of brightens up my day or when they don't even try and they're like, I'm just going to spell it. I'm like, okay, that's good. Just spell it. Okay. Oh, no. So, the first one I'll spell for the listeners if they want to try to pronounce it. A-T-O-R-V-A-S-T-A-T-I-N. <laughs> Just sound it out. Atorvastatin? Yep, atorvastatin. Oh, atorvastatin. It is a medication for high cholesterol. A lot of people are on it. Who so this makes is, these names? So this is an article from healthgrades.com, and it's the top uh, prescribed medications in the U.S. So these are very common ones that I hear all the time. Okay, L-E-V-O-T-H-Y-R-O-X-I-N-E. Levothyroxine? Levothyroxine? Levothyroxine. Levothyroxine. Some people say that. Who the heck makes these names? Um, How are they even like that? So that's a medication for hypothyroidism. So it'll raise your thyroid level. So your thyroid is... Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay, what about this? This one should be easy. L-I-S-I-N-O-P-R-I-L. Lisinopril? Lisinopril, yep. Uh It's an ACE inhibitor. It helps with blood pressure. It's an easy one. Um, So fun fact, for anyone who has surgery... Usually, we will tell you to be NPO, which means nothing to eat or drink, after midnight. Why do you think we do that? Why can you not eat or drink? So nothing is, like, in your system? Why? So you don't poop? No, we don't care if you poop. I don't know. So it's, it's, your clothes is so nothing's in your stomach because when we give you sedation to be able to intubate you, everything relaxes. And some patients will vomit. Now, if you're laying on your back and you vomit, you can aspirate, like choke on your vomit, and it can get in your lungs. It can give you pneumonia. Mm. You can end up on a ventilator and ICU. So it's very important you don't eat. But what we will tell people is, hey, you can take your blood pressure medications with a little bit of water. But lisinopril, any type of ACE inhibitor, we don't want you to take usually the morning of because it will drop you too low. So fun fact. Okay, da-da-da. Okay, what about this one? M-E-T-O-P-R-O-L-O-L. <laughs> L-O-L. 
Metoprolol? Meto- yeah, metoprolol. Good job. Metoprolol. That's a beta blocker, so that's uh, for high blood pressure as well. <clears throat> Some patients take it for like to steady their heart rate. That will be one that we tell people to take the morning. Beta blocker thing. sounds like a software you download on your computer. <laughs> for real. Okay, what about this one? O M E P R A Z O L E. Omeprazole. Omeprazole. Final answer. Close. Omeprazole. Omeprazole. But yeah, uh, that's for heartburn, reflux. Uh, Ooh, there's a. Okay, this is one that people pronounce wrong all the time. S I M V A S T A T I N. Simvastatin? Is that? Uh, I said <laughs> high five, yeah. Simvastatin. There was a TikTok I saw, and it was a lady. It's like, I just bought a new car. And he was like, what? She I got a Dentally. <laughs> a Yukon Dentally. <laughs> so, Simvastatin, a lot of people will pronounce it Simvastatin, or they, they don't say it correctly, it's Simvastatin. Uh, let's see here. Tomato. Okay. Tomato. I still have trouble with this one. Uh, it's the generic of Flonase, which is that spray you spray in your nose mm-hmm. for allergies. F-L-U-T-I-C-A-S-O-N-E. Fluticasone? That's what I think, but I honestly Flu- don't know if I'm being honest. <laughs> Fluticasone. Okay, uh, what about... Horse diverse. The, yeah, horse diverse. Uh, what about the generic of Lasix? F-U-R-O-S-E-M-I-D-E. Fear... Is that an F? Yeah. Furosemide? Furosemide. Furosemide? Yeah, Furosemide. Oh, yep. okay. Uh, Lasix, Seriously. which people call water pill, so Dumb it names. makes you pee. Uh, really what about names. the generic of protonics? This one is also for GERD. Isn't stuff. that the, the acapella group? Protonics? <laughs> <laughs> pentatonics. It's pentatonics. Whatever. That's great. Pantoprazole. Close. Pantoprazole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to try to make you do that one. That's just No, no, no. Let me try. Let me try it. Spell it out. <laughs> D-E-X-T-R-O-A-M-P-H-E-T-A-M-I-N-E. Uh, dex, dextromethetamine? Dextromethetamine? Dextromethetamine. Oh. Close. Uh, all the rest are pretty easy. What about this one? Celexa. Uh, it's a generic. S, or C-I-T-A-L-O-P-R-A-M. S- Citalopram? Citalopram. 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 <laughs> so it sounds like cities in like Asia or something. I don't know. Oh, yes. What about this one? Generic of Flexeril. You actually took this at some point when you had your back, your back issue. Uh, C-Y-C-L-O-B-E-N-Z-A-P-R-I-N-E. Cyclopenzaprine? Yeah, close. Cyclopenzaprine. Okay, you did pretty good. You got most of them. Cyclops. Or you got close enough where if I was taking your information on the phone, I would understand what you were trying to say. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Like, they'll be struggling with it. They're like, it's a, it's a, a Torvastatin? Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's another tip from your friendly neighborhood nurse. So, <sighs> if you're an adult, which I'm going to consider if you're over the age of 16, because by 16, you should be old enough to handle this. 
you should know if you're taking medications what they are, what the dosage is. So, for example, I take a medication, Lexapro, antidepressant, okay? It's five milligrams. I know that. I take it every day. I'm looking at the bottle every day. So if something happens to me, I should be able to tell them, you know, if I'm in the hospital, this is the medicine I take, this is the dose. Now, some people take 20 medications. So I know that's hard to remember, but it's good to keep an updated list with you, like folded up in your wallet Mm -hmm. or something on your phone in the notes. It's good to make sure that your son or daughter or spouse or parent or somebody you trust has a a copy of the list, which also has your surgical history your medical history, and your medications, and any medication allergies. Because if something happens and it's an emergency and you can't talk to the people, then you know people need to know that about you. So, for example, you have a medication allergy. I can't remember what it is. but Zithromax. Okay, yeah. And then I have one. I'm allergic to cephalosporins. So it's good to have, like, I need to work on that. I'm going to make that a project for me this week. I'm going to make printed copies for you and me with... Like, our medical history and all that on it, just in case. And a good thing is, if you see a primary care doctor on a regular basis, they will have that information. So you can ask them for a printout so you can keep it with you at home. But if you don't have a PCP, a primary care physician, it's even more important to have that somewhere. So that when you see a doctor for a sinus infection, they're going to ask you all these things. You have to provide it. If you see a specialist, because you're going to have surgery... You need to have this information because they're going to ask for it. Anytime you're going to see a doctor, don't be surprised when they ask you for that. And it never fails. We still get patients that are like, well, I gave it to Dr. So-and-so. I'm like, well, that we're not them. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> we still need that because you're about to have surgery and we're going to give you all kinds of medications. We need to know what you're taking because sometimes things can be contraindicated. And if I know you're taking nitroglycerin because you have chest pain sometimes, that's going to affect medications that I can give you. So it's very important. So that's just a PSA. I'll get off my soapbox. But it drives me nuts when you have a 40-year-old who's like, I don't know. It's a white pill. Okay, sir, that does not help me. What is it for? I don't know. My doctor tells me to take it. <sighs> yeah. Or you say, like, I'll ask you, do you have medical history? Yes. Yes, you do. Now, some people think, oh, I'm... I don't have any problems right now, so I don't have any medical history. But 10 years ago, you had a slip disc in your neck and you took blah, blah, blah. That counts. Mm -hmm. Or you have high blood pressure and you take a medication for it and they're like, oh, I don't have high blood pressure. I take take this medicine so I don't have it. Well, you have it. (laughs) So anything you have had past or present, anything you take medications for is relevant. The fact that I was born premature and I was in the NICU for the first couple of weeks of my when I was born, that's relevant in my history because hmm. I could have more, um, like, I'm more predisposed to having, like, heart issues and things like that because of development. So that's important. So I'll get off my soapbox, but as a nurse, it really, really, really annoys me when grown adults are just like, I don't know. And I'm like... You go to the pharmacy every month, you pick this medication up, you take it every day. Like, you get the bottle out, you put it in your mouth, you swallow it, and you've been taking this for 10 years. And you don't know what it's called? Yeah. I mean... You think those are the same people, like, on a Friday afternoon, like, I need my pills, like, we don't have a a thing. 
yeah. like a prescription. She's like, well, we, my doctor fills it up every week. Like, no. Yep. You have to call a doctor and do all that. Yep. And some medications, people don't understand, they can't just get called in uh, because of the opioid epidemic. Uh, there's a lot of medications that people are cracking down on that you can't just, like, send the prescription over. You have to actually pick up a triplicate, which is a hard copy, and take it to the pharmacy. And mm. some people just don't understand that, and they get upset. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just the law. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but I wanted to talk about that. Um, so, back to nurse burnout. Back in the... I would say like maybe 50s and 60s, maybe even a little before, nursing was very common because at the time, women didn't have a lot of professional jobs, just societally. Mm -hmm. So most women were teachers, nurses, things like that. So therefore, even today, it's a disproportionate amount of females who are nurses compared to males. Mm -hmm. Now, I have someone I work with who's a male nurse. The director of my surgical department is a male nurse. Like, it's not like they don't exist. They're just very less common. Like, right now, I believe... Is it like every one in ten? I believe like that, that it's 9% of nurses in the U.S. right now are males. Dang. So, less than a tenth. That's really, really, really crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's still disproportionate that it's a majority of white nurses versus people of color. Hmm. Um... But there was a theory going around that I fully agree with that, you know, the reason why there's so much abuse in healthcare and especially nursing as a profession where patients will abuse you, you'll get abused by patient family, you'll get abused sometimes by coworkers, you'll get abused sometimes by admin, is because it is a woman-dominated field. And if it was a male-dominated field, it would be different. Hmm. And you would have more respect. And I was like, I mean... Damn. I don't disagree. Um, you think back to a couple years ago, that one nurse that there was a police officer trying to get information about a patient who had come through the ER and she refused to give it to him because of HIPAA. That is a law that the Health Information Privacy Accountability Act or something like that, Health Privacy Health Information Privacy Accountability Act. Um, basically, if I'm taking care of you, I am only getting information that I need to take care of you. And I'm only giving that to the people that need to help you. So if I'm your nurse and I need a medication from the pharmacy, okay, I can give them your name and birthday to say, Hey, this patient needs medication. However, if another nurse from the fifth floor comes down and is like, Oh, Hey, is Merit Sellers getting treated for blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you because you, yeah. who are you? Um, so this police officer had like said, you know, I need to know about this patient. She's like, no, I have no paperwork giving you authorization. And she got arrested and like, he literally tackled her to the ground. Did that cop get arrested? <sighs> to be honest, if, as far as I remember, it was kind of a slap on the wrist thing, but and it's like, crap. it's crazy that nurses get abused so frequently, even by a patient. And it's instead of. The hospitals and the law saying, okay, how can we prevent this? How can we make it better? Usually the line of questioning is, well, what could you do differently? What did you do wrong? Hmm. It's like, I'm sorry, but no one deserves to get abused. Yeah. And EMTs, paramedics, they get oh, abused sure. a lot. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they're first on the scene to deal with some stuff. 
So, um, that's, you know, kind of why I want to transition to like talking about burnout is that everyone I think can relate to having burnout in some type of job. You don't have to be in healthcare to have burnout. The past year, burnout has kind of been associated with healthcare because of the pandemic. Um, but I think everyone can know what burnout feels like in a job and a relationship. You know, I think we can all, we can all relate. We all know what it feels like, but lately because of the lack of respect healthcare professionals get burnout is so high that there are nurses who have been nurses for decades that are leaving nursing altogether Mm. from the pandemic. Like, you work your butt off, you get this degree, you get this license, and at this point you're like, nope, it's not even worth it. I'm going to go work from home and do whatever. That's why, like, a lot of people are leaving working food industry. Mm-hmm. It's like people are just straight-up assholes, and they don't want to treat uh, treat their wait staff or their chefs or whoever with respect. It's like... It's such a me mentality. Like you, I'm here because you're here to like, or I'm, I'm going to this restaurant or wherever for me and me only. And you, and you have me. to do everything for me. And it's like, yeah. I mean, yes, but also don't be a jerk about it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yesterday we were bowling <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so the the, uh, the staff was like super friendly. They're all really nice. We went to Showbiz, which we have like shout two, out. Yeah, they were pretty. We have like two funny stories about that. Yeah. Uh, they there was like a bunch of kids next to us uh, when we got there, and uh, they had left like maybe ten minutes after we got there. But they just left all their trash. So they left all their bowling balls. It's like I get. I mean, yeah, it's kind of their job to like you know, clean it up, clean the area, but it's like, but take your stuff back. Like take your bone balls back to the little thing. I think clean that's, your trash up. Like, that's where that hard? we get in trouble as a society is when you learn from being a teenager that, Oh, that's their job because yeah. you're not going to have respect for people. So even as a nurse, there are days where I will take the trash and combine it into one trash so that housekeeping comes in and they just have to take one. It's like, that's, quote their job but make it easier be a decent human it doesn't cost anything to be nice i mean you and i do it too when we go to eat we stack up the plates uh if we go somewhere like a panera or like white rhino where Mm -hmm. they have the little bins to put your plates in put your plate it takes no effort it clears the table off so that the bus people can just wipe it down and the next person can sit there it's really not hard makes it easier on them it's but i think when you work in service you understand and you don't want to be that person because you've had people do that to you. Yep. Like you and I will refuse to go in a restaurant if it's within less than an hour of when they close because we're like, nope, we're not going to be those people. Yeah. Because we've had that done to us when we worked in the service industry and we're like, ugh. Um, yeah, like Marco's Pizza. Shout out. That was a fun job. really enjoyed it. And it wasn't them. It was just because people It said. was just, yeah. <laughs> Literally, customers are the worst. And... Like, that is even more so why nurses get burnout because when you think about your job, you show up to your job and you have stuff you have to do, like tasks. So take that, but also add the fact that people are sick or people are scared because they're going to have surgery 
or people are in pain. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with those kind of people and you have to show them compassion because, you know, that's what we do. We show them that, hey, we care about you and we're going to help you. Think about how draining that is when you do that for 12 hours. And sometimes you're caring for people and they're literally cussing you out or getting mad at you, yelling at you. And it's like, but you're still having to, it's a whole different level of quote customer service. Because you're doing things related to their care. And I don't really know how to explain it better than that. But it's just, that's why it's so draining. Because you are literally giving so much of yourself for so much time at once. That when you leave, you are just like beat down. And that's even me in a job that I love. I love my job. I get to see some cool stuff. But... It's very draining, and um, I actually had posted an article a couple weeks ago on my Facebook um, from the JMA network, and it was talking about the suicide rates among nurses, um, and that nurses are the largest group of healthcare workers in America. Like, Dang. in the whole U.S., if you think of healthcare makes up a certain percentage, the biggest percentage of that group is nurses. And that's why I think people forget, like when we talk about nurses getting called healthcare heroes and people saying, usually when they think of healthcare, they think of nursing. And sometimes that really does leave out other people like pharmacists, you know, other people, but it's like nursing is the largest healthcare group. So that's why we we tend to be more prominent. Um, But There is a disproportionate amount of the overall suicides in the U.S. that is for nurses, and female nurses are twice as likely to die by suicide than females in the general population. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. Is it just because of all the the stress and all everything just on compacting on top of them and? It's the stress and. Another thing is that every job has its stress and some jobs are higher stress than others because of the task you have to do, because of the knowledge you have to have. Um, But it's also the culture. So nurses, I want to say this like as nicely as I can, but ultimately, whatever, this is my podcast, so people are going to come at me, come at me. Nurses basically are expected to show up, be bubbly, be happy, be nice, show compassion, see the most unimaginable things, be treated the worst way, and then go home and have 12 hours off and then come back the next day and like do it all again and not complain about it. And ultimately that's not realistic. Even if you work in the best hospital with the cleanest break rooms and you get paid $100 an hour. It's not realistic to think that it's not going to affect you as a person. And on top of that, we don't work in the fanciest hospitals. We don't get paid $100 an hour. We can't even have drinks at the nurse's station, which is another pet peeve thing of mine that just annoys the crap out of me because Jayco cares about patients and not necessarily nurses, Mm. um, is that you don't get a full break. Sometimes you go your whole shift without getting a break to eat, to pee, 
to drink a sip of water, anything. And I don't really know many other jobs like that, that basically on a consistent basis, you do not get a break. And instead of hospitals saying, okay, how can we fix this to where our nurses get breaks? It's basically understood as, oh, that's part of the job. There's a thing when I clock in and clock out that I can indicate if I didn't get a break that day. And most of the time, it's just I forget to do it. But it's like, if we all really reported it, there would be, admin would probably be like, hey, we need to talk. Because it's like, well, I have three patients. Mm-hmm. I can't just go in here and eat when I have patients to take care of. And we're short-staffed because they won't pay people enough to stay. So basically, we all have to pull extra work. And that's not even just my hospital. If you go online right now and you look up nursing jobs, I can guarantee you you can find hundreds within your within 20 miles of where you live because we are just not being appreciated enough. And I don't mean that I expect a patient to come in and bring me a gift card. I mean, as a professional, when I show up to my job, I'm not getting cared for by the hospital administration like I should be. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I don't expect someone to say, "Oh, thank you so much for being a nurse. Thank you for everything you do." I don't. I'm not there for that. But what I do expect is to get a livable wage, to get bonuses and raises mm-hmm. at regular intervals, just like other jobs get. A clean, functioning break room where I can actually have time to take a break. You know. And not like, hey, to show our like the hospital to show our appreciation. Uh, Instead of a bonus, here's a pizza party. Like, what the hell? Literally. There's a whole movement online right now that's called No More Pizza Parties. And it's like healthcare workers, like, basically showing just how they get treated. And it's like, I don't understand. This would not be accepted in any other profession. If you went to a major corporation, I'm not going to name drop, but, like, think of a major corporation in your mind. And they said hey, I know you all have pushed and you've worked double shifts and you haven't had vacation. There's some breakfast tacos in the break room. It's like, gee, thanks. People would be outraged. There would be stuff all over the news on it. But for some reason in healthcare, it's just accepted. It's accepted that we give everything we have and instead, instead of getting hazard pay, extra vacation time... It's like, hey, here's we're celebrating hospital week, which, by the way, was the same week as nurses week this year. Hmm, funny. We get breakfast tacos. We get Coke floats. We had a watermelon social. It's like, you know, all the money that I've spent on all this Just put crap, that in my check. Put that put extra in $5 in my check. But here's the problem. Hospital didn't pay for that. They had hospice companies and other places that sponsored that and, like, provided it. So the hospital still didn't even pay for it. Isn't that dumb? It's like how much they does, got the money from those people that couldn't have put it in their that, paycheck. How much does that just show you basically a middle finger to nurses? Like, we don't yeah. care. And, I mean, this is coming from a nurse who's been a nurse for two years. Imagine nurses that have been a nurse for 30 years, how much bitterness they must have because of all the stuff they've given and the very little they've gotten back. Yeah. So... My parting advice, if you work in healthcare, take a personal day, take a day off. And you know what I'm hearing? Some places are so short-staffed, they will not let people take off. Or they'll say, if you take this, this, and this day, I'll let you have this day off. And then they never actually Hmm. follow through with it. Just take a day off. Take a day off. 
turn off your phone, especially if you're not on call. There's no reason your jo- your job should be contacting you on your day off. And if they do, don't be afraid to say no. Because at the end of the day, the hospital is always going to be there. I personally am one of those people, I'm a people pleaser. So I'm like, oh, well, if I can't do it, who's going to do it? Well, the hospital's still open. So obviously they found somebody. They did something. Mm-hmm. How many How many employees are at your hospital? Uh, like total, I not, really, just, not I, just nurses and doctors. I but. really don't know. I want to say like 100 and something. How how many people do you think work at the one in Wachachi, the big one? <laughs> Thousands. Oh, I really? mean, and they always have float pools, PRN jobs. Um, but here's an interesting tidbit. So, again, I'm not going to say names, but the place I work at has, like, I think two full-time nurses on the med search floor, and we have no full-time ICU nurses so they have someone that they have to basically call in if they have an ICU patient. And basically she worked like 10 days in a row with no days off because they had nobody else. Hmm. And my thing is admin, the general health or the general public, sometimes they're going to make you feel like, oh, well, if you say no, you're not caring about people. Yes, I am. Because there's only so much I can give until I start making mistakes that are going to affect my patients. Because if you're working nine days in a row, you're not getting rest. Your impairment has to be, your judgment has to be impaired. Yeah. I mean, these are 12 hours. For anyone who's worked 12 hours in a physical job, nurses do that. Plus, we have mental stuff we have to do. Mm -hmm. So not only is our body tired, our brain is tired. Like, and we're making charts that are like legal documents we're giving patients medications that could possibly interact with something. I mean, we have so much responsibility on our shoulders all the time. So if it's going to be the difference between your patient safety and you like taking a day off and someone else covering it, take a day off. Even if you don't do anything, take a day off, sleep in, eat a nutritious meal, drink some water, do something for yourself because we're constantly doing stuff for other people And we're going above and beyond all the time. For example, with COVID, the place I work started doing vaccines. Who got voluntold to do them? All the nurses. Our department. (laughs) And we're still expected to do all of our usual job on top of doing that. And when we first started, we would do hundreds a day plus surgeries. And we have <laughs> less than 10, nur- I mean, how do we have five, five or six nurses in our department. Yeah. You all had to do all that. And I mean, we, we did it because, you know, that was helping the community. Did we get paid extra for it? No. Did we get bonuses? No. Mm. Did we get extra days off or anything? No. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, I literally cannot make this up, guys. I literally cannot. Um, it's crazy. And if you're not in healthcare, I'm sure when you see nurses posting on social media about it, you hear me ranting about it. I'm sure it does get annoying, but it's like, we just want to be heard Mm -hmm. because obviously we're not getting heard. Nothing's changing. We're not making more money. We're still short staffed. And it's like, there will be a reckoning. Um, I read an article actually 
it was attached to the article that I had posted about um, suicide awareness with nurses is that because nursing was a very popular profession decades ago, and now it's just now becoming popular again, a lot of those older nurses are retiring. So we're already short on nurses. And during COVID, we had a lot of new nurses that started. They were like, oh, crap, I can't do this. And they already left. Hmm. So we are still so short in nurses. Nursing programs are trying to get more funding so that they can have bigger nursing classes. But the problem is you're still going and trying to apply to hospitals, and they're like, oh, we want you to have experience. Well, how do I get experience? Or you come work at a hospital like mine. They hire new nurses because they know we don't pay enough for like experienced nurses to come. So they have to hire new nurses, which is fine. I think new nurses deserve to get hired. I'm glad I got hired. But then you push them into a, a situation where they're not ready yet. They don't have training. And then they get burned out in a year and they're like, okay, bye. Or if you have a contract, hey, I'm going to stay for my contract and then I'm leaving. And then you, you're constantly having to do it all over again, training. Yeah. And it's like... All this would just not happen if you just pay your nurses Just pay more. people better. The CEO doesn't need a yacht. You think the CEO of your hospital has like a stupid house and or not stupid, but like probably massive house and yeah, probably. And like I said, I said it this episode. I said it is a business. It is trying to make money. We do need to get paid, but the proportion of where the money is getting distributed is not to the nurses and the housekeeping and the patient care technicians and the pharmacy people and the radiology people. It's going to administration. It's going to owners. It's not going to the people that are actually taking care of the patients on mm-hmm. a regular basis. And then what do they do? Admin, owners, they walk through, hey, is everything great? Are you, are you doing okay? And it never fails. They come by when we are like literally running our asses off and so busy that we can't sit there and say, oh, yeah, I, a, a raise would be great. Yeah, an extra week of vacation time would be great, you know? They, like, just kind of peek in, and they're like, okay, I'm here, but they didn't need anything, and then they're, like, running, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. So, that is my spiel on nurse burnout. Um, I would definitely encourage you, if you know a nurse, just ask them, like, what their experience is like. Um, we are a very proud profession. We love our jobs, for the most part. Um, especially if we're not to the burnout point yet. But... Um, we need support. We need help. We need therapy. We need a, you know, Starbucks latte. Uh, any little thing you can do to just tell a nurse that you love them and care about them is appreciated. Um, I did have a patient, you know, give me a little like $5 Chick-fil-A gift card. And it was like, the card was what was really special because they wrote on there how they just felt about my care that I provided. It's like, no, I don't need patients to spend their money on me. That's not what I'm here for. But it does just feel it's nice. It to feel appreciated. It feels nice to think, okay, I'm making a difference. Um, and then if you are a nurse, take a day off. Take some day for self-care. And to me, you know, a massage is great. But it doesn't even have to be that big of a thing. Just take a day off and do your own thing. And unplug, turn your phone off. Do whatever the heck you want to do for a whole day and don't even think about work. Go on a vacation, even if it's like we took a weekend trip to Austin. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Do something just for you because life is short, and I know that we get kind of sucked into our jobs. Our jobs kind of become who we identify ourselves as. 
But unless your cup is full, you have nothing to pour into other people. So take some vacations, do a little spa day, you know, just do some, don't even cook dinner. Don't even worry about the dishes for that day. Just order a pizza and watch a movie. Yeah. Do something (laughs) for yourself. Go. I've heard people say they go to a certain farmer's market, I think in Fort Worth, and they have like a bunch of uh, puppies and kittens and stuff. (laughs) Like go pet animals. I, I don't know. Do something, get creative, and go to therapy. For real, everybody, not even just nurses. I'm a big advocate for therapy. Everybody needs therapy, mm-hmm. especially if you're a nurse. Get some therapy, for real. It helps. Um, get on an antidepressant if you need to. See your doctor. You know, no shame in that. I'm on an antidepressant right now. It's great. It's helping me. Still have days, but it's fine. Uh, drink some water. If you're reaching in the fridge anytime today and you see some water, go ahead and drink a glass of water. We can all use some extra water. Keep your pee light and yellow. Uh, you want to talk about showbiz and kind of tell our funny story as our sign out yeah. today? So I wrote it down in case you don't forget. You don't remember, but I think you no, remember. No, I remember. Okay, go ahead. Sort of. Well, so we, uh, I got off work kind of late, but we wanted to go on a date night, so we went to... Showbiz. And I was on call, so I had to stay close to town. <laughs> yeah. So we went to Showbiz, and it's not just a movie theater anymore. It's an arcade, and it's a bowling alley. There's a bar. It's really cool. It's very, very nice. It's like is... a smaller version of like Dave something at the mall, like Dave & Buster's or Round, Round One or something. Yeah. Um, but we we started doing like, you know, the arcade games where you can play against each other. We were like taking... We were, we were making a competition, like, who could win the most games or whatever. Haley ended up winning because she's much better at bowling than but, I am. And I won at the arcade games, except for that one, but that's fine. Okay. Well, anyway, we went, we decided to go bowling, and uh, it was, I was telling Haley, I watched a 30-minute video on YouTube on how, like, the bowling pins and the bowling ball, like work like whenever you like throw the ball down there how does it all just like come back and reset and i was telling her like uh i know how all that works and it's it's really interesting and i was telling her like you know whenever bowling was invented they would just have people like just keeping score on a piece of paper and you know people would be down there at the end of the alley like to reset the pins but now nowadays we can like (laughs) Keep score, and you can order a pizza from the little tablet that we use. Literally. And it's just, dang, we've come so far. And then uh, there was one time where I just realized whenever you, like, throw the ball down there, it shows you how fast the ball is going. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. And so this one time I decided to just send it as hard as I could. And, and you only had one I, pin. I only had one pin. I had one pin, and it was like, you know how like a lot of, it was, and it was completely packed mm-hmm. that last night too. So there was, it was weird. It was like a dead spot where nobody was doing it except for me. And so I like sent this ball as hard as possible. And I could hear one guy go, oh Lord. And I hit the pin and it just made the loudest like crack. You know how the bowling pin sound when you hit him? Yes. And I looked up, and it said, like, 18 miles an hour. It's like, dang. And, you know, bowling balls are heavy. And your average was, like, 15-something. 15, 15 or something. Yeah. But I just 
try to do and I wasn't even trying to hit the pin. I was just trying to see how fast I can get it down there. Mm-hmm. But I just still haven't hit it. But it was hilarious because as soon as I threw it, it got really quiet. And then I heard the guy go, oh, Lord. <laughs> I just threw it so hard. And we were bowling between a family on one side, like a big family. It seemed almost like a birthday party or something. And then on the right, there was like a group of teenage boys and then they had left. And then another group of like teenagers came. So like, it was very strange. And we're bowling and bowling. And then I tell him that I started out really good. I was kicking your butt. And then I got worse and worse, and you got better and better. I finally figured out, like, a technique to actually, like, start hitting them. It took me a minute. But, like, she was saying that her wrist was hurting. My excuse was that my wrist was hurting and tired. And then you said... I was like, oh, uh... (laughs) Every time I... Right before I I ball, I have to, like, pot my shoulder in a weird way to, like, make it not tense up. And then my arm was, like, tired. My wrist was hurting. And I was like, we sound so old. And then I realized (laughs) a lot of older people do bowling like regularly yeah and we were over there like and then let's talk about the satisfaction when you're wearing the bowling shoes and then you put your regular shoes back on Uh, you're like oh so light feeling (laughs) i really like bowling shoes though you know even better feeling is when you're skating for a long time and then you take them off the roller skates and then you get back on or like ice skates or something yeah Yeah. Yeah. or when we were skiing put the boots on Mm -hmm. you're like oh yep yep i know that feeling (laughs) Well, so. you want to see if we can get Donut to meow on the mic for a second? Okay. So we recently put our bed on, we took the legs off the bottom of our bed so that it's on, the frame is like straight on the ground so the cats can't get under the bed because they like to run from us and hide under the bed, but now they can't. It's great. She was sleeping in the sun. Oh, you just messed, made her mad. See can you? I love you. Well, now she's purring, and she meows all the time, and she's trying not to meow. I hold her upside down, she doesn't like it. We're over here trying to piss her off as much as possible. Well, maybe not. Well, now she's all quiet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> meow. Oh. There we go. Oh, okay. that was so cute. Okay. Thanks, Donut. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. So that is our episode for the week. Um, if you'll have any, probably pers- for the next two or three weeks, honestly. We're gonna be. We're gonna try to be better. Yeah. Um, if y'all have anything specific I want us to talk about, if you want to be on an episode, send us a message uh, on our private um, social medias, or on you can instant message us on our Instagram for the Burnout <laughs> Podcast. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find the handle. Because I can't remember. It's not like Burnout Podcast because there was already another handle like that. It's Burnout Podcast 21. <laughs> so B-U-R-N-O-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-2-1. So follow us on Instagram. Send us a private message. Um, it is linked to the same Instagram that our previous podcast was. So there will be older content if you're really just curious and you want to see. Feel free to take a peek at it. And y'all have a good one. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be a nice human. And we love you. Thanks for listening. See you later. Okay, bye.